Hey guys, my name is Ben Berman and welcome to the Starting It Up podcast where I interview all types of entrepreneurs uncovering actionable steps and inspiration that you can use to build your business, your side hustle, whatever it is that you're trying to create and live the life you've always wanted. On this episode, we talk with JT McCormick. JT isn't your typical startup CEO. To say his childhood was difficult would be a a pretty drastic understatement. He was born in the 1970s, uh, a mixed-race kid who was in extreme poverty. His dad was a criminal. He dives into all of this uh, during the episode, and it's best to hear it really just from him. It wasn't easy. He was expected to never amount to anything. You know, people assumed that he would end up like a lot of the people around him, impoverished committing crimes, never really amounting to anything. But JT persevered. He barely finished high school, uh, actually taking a job cleaning toilets after graduating, but he was really determined, and this is what set him apart. He was determined to change his life for the better. He ended up getting a job at a software company where he went from being the lowest paid employee to president overseeing a multi-million dollar operation with over 100 employees. JT details his life story through his book, I Got There. Uh, Currently, he's the president and CEO of Scribe Media, a startup uh, actually helping thousands of authors tell their own stories. And funny enough, he actually joined that company after using them to uh, to write his own book. So uh, interesting turn of events. And, um, you know, we we talked about a lot of great topics, you know, a few of them being how to set up a winning mindset. So much of what we do is mindset driven, how to push through obstacles goals and achieve success, whatever that means to you. And it's different for each of us and why it's important to tell your own story without any further ado. And just one more quick thing. So the first few minutes uh, of audio, uh, we actually jumped right into it. So we, we just started talking and I had to press that recording button just because JT started uh, spitting some 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 fire. So um, didn't really get a chance to, to set up the mics properly. But after the first couple minutes, everything goes back to normal. So you'll see the audio improve. Hope you all enjoy. Here it goes. You have to get up every day for 30 days at 5 a.m. And at the end of that 30 days, there's a million dollars cash waiting for you. I'm pretty damn confident that most of this country would get to find a way to get their ass out of bed at 5 (laughs) a.m. So I, I look at it like this, man, is if even if that million dollars cash isn't there at the end of the 30 days, ask yourself, okay, what did I accomplish over the course of that 30 days? Yeah, I mean, that's just a great way of putting it. And, and uh, when, when you have an incentive for something, it's so much easier to do it. But when, when you realize the real incentive is just being able to accomplish more, Yep. It, it just changes the entire landscape. I actually actually started recording just as you said that because I, I think that would be like super powerful. I, I wasn't recording yet, um, but you know that'd be like a great intro to to the podcast. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I just you started saying it. I was like, I, I need to I need to capture this. <laughs> um, I, I I will fully own, man. I ne- you, you never know what might come out of my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, same. I um I think like a, a lot of the stuff I've been doing on this podcast is like has been a little too structured at the beginning. So now I'm just kind of like um you know going into it just looking to have just a conversation because um and, and from what people have been telling me who actually listen to this, they prefer that as well. So nice. um definitely just, you know, 
and that's something I really kind of respected and thought it was interesting about, but the way you handle this was like most people ask for questions in advance. I typically don't like doing that, but I've had a bunch of people ask for it. So I figured I might as well suggest it to you. Um, and then Jay was like, Oh no, J T doesn't do that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I, I'm a big believer. Like you said, in, in conversation, uh, I don't want it to be scripted. Although you may hear a lot of the things you, you may hear me repeat myself on some of the podcast. It's mm -hmm. very intentional because I'm a big believer that the more you repeat the message, the more people understand what you're saying, the more the message sinks in. It's you know repetition, consistency. And so I repeat a lot of the same message because it's, it's truly what I, I believe in and what I feel has, has helped me achieve the, my success in life. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And it's definitely noticeable. Like if you, when you look at your, uh, your speaking reels, your, your podcast appearances, your book, it's the, it's, it's the points are the same. And, and I think, um, I was, I was talking about this with someone else a, a little while ago, might've been on the podcast. It's like, you know, you don't need a million different things. You don't need to be told a million different things because there's really only a few key points that, that if you just double down on and focus on, everything else will fall into place. So in your perspective, it's like you're saying your truth, you're saying would work for you. And if, you know, it's not going to work for everyone, but the principles do apply to everyone. So yeah. I, I think, you know, it, it's just like one of those things where like you got to hammer it into people's brains because they're not going to remember the first time or the second time. Some might, but most just need to hear it over and over again. Exactly. You, you nailed it. Awesome, JT. Well, um, all right, so let's kind of like dive into this thing officially. Um, I I'll just hand it over to you. Uh, you know, you you have a a fascinating story, um, one that's super unique. You know, we don't uh, typically on this podcast we talk about you know startups, entrepreneurship, getting things launched. But but from your perspective, it's like it's not even just the business; it's your whole life. You you grew up in a really kind of disadvantaged uh, environment. You you were born. Um, in, in a, in a family that, you know, had tons of problems. I'll let you dive into that, explain it yourself. You, you were born impoverished. It wasn't easy for you, but you know, you, you made it out and now you're, um, you know, you're the CEO of, of a software company that was really successful. And now you're, you're the CEO and president of scribe media, um, a really well-known publishing company. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, JT. Give us, you know, just give us that story uh, and let us know kind of, you know, how you got to this point. Well, well, my, my favorite part that you just said there was impoverished. Man, that, that's a sexy word for poor. <laughs> I wasn't impoverished. I was poor. So it, <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I barely know what impoverished means. So no, I, I grew up poor, man. It's you, you said it. You've heard it on, on some of the other podcasts you know, some of the pieces, when, when I think poor, I remember sitting in the evenings just wanting something to eat and going to bed with, with an, an empty stomach. I remember going to bed on Fridays excited. Most kids are excited for the weekend. I was excited to get through the weekend so I could get back to school Monday so I could get my free welfare lunch because there wasn't anything to eat over the weekend. So yeah, it, it was it was different and it was a different time. You know, now, and this is a good thing, 
Now we live in a society where many school districts and many schools will even send food home with these children over the weekend because they know these kids don't have anything to, to eat. That was me. And, and in back in the 70s, when I was a child, no, no one was sending food home with me for the weekend. You were just hungry. And sometimes you didn't have electricity. Sometimes you didn't have water and you had no food. It was just a very, um, it was a very hard time, man. It was, it was very hard. When I sit here and think about it and I go back to it, it was tough. You know, one of the big memories of being poor, I remember my mom and I going to the dry cleaners and my mom would beg for a handout and all she wanted was plastic, you know, the, the plastic dry cleaning bags that they put over clothes. Mm -hmm. she, would, she would ask for a handout if they would give us plastic because we would put the plastic over our windows. I lived in Dayton, Ohio, and in the winter it would get pretty cold. And she would put the plastic over the windows to try to keep the air from blowing in. And I still to this day have memories of that sound of the wind blowing the plastic through the, the window and just wow. the flapping of it. But yeah, yeah grew, grew up pretty tough. Uh, my, my father was a pimp and drug dealer. My mother was an orphan. I don't know where my last name comes from. I was in and out of juvenile three different times as a, as a child. I don't have a college degree and I barely finished high school. So you know, and along the way there as well, I don't, I don't mean to, to lessen it or just gloss over it, but uh, for about three years, I was uh, sexually molested by one of my father's prostitutes uh, as a child, six, seven, eight years old. So yeah, it was, it was a challenging, it was a very chaotic childhood, but I choose even to this day, I look back at my childhood and I don't see it as I was a victim. I don't see it as a negative. I choose to look back and think about how can those experiences that I went through as a child benefit me today as an adult. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's rare to hear a story like that. I don't even know kind of where to start. I, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone who's listening, you know, like we, we all know everyone has their own problems. Everyone's dealing with something, but you listen to something like that. And then you think about your own life, you know, yeah, your, your parents yelled at you when you were a kid. Yeah. You know, maybe you didn't get what you wanted, but, but you compare that to, to what you went through and you, what you went through, you can compare that to like someone, you know, in a war torn country where their entire yep. family gets murdered. There's always a level that's, that's worse. And, and, and like, I just think, and that's what you alluded to in the, in the beginning. It's like, you know, you can't just imagine yourself as like, no one has a worse than you because if you think that then there's no way you can actually make it so i want to i want to kind of you know go back to to when you were a kid it it's obvious that you know your mindset when was one when you became like successful and and pursued you know your your ventures and everything that your mindset was of abundance you were always looking on the, on the positive and you were always focused on making the best of the opportunity was that always the case or did you struggle with that when you, when you were a little kid? Because I imagine it's it's a lot harder to, you know, ha have that kind of a uh, a mind frame as like an eight year old uh, than it is, you know, maybe as an as an adult. Can you can you speak a little bit about that? So my mindset's always been that way, and I can even remember the story. I, I can take it back when I was a child. My mother would always say to me, "There there are people who are worse off than us." She would always say that that phrase to me. She had several little phrases that she would say. She would tell me, everyone has a story, so don't judge because you don't know their story. And then another one was, uh, there are people far worse than, than we are. 
And I remember as a kid saying to my mother, I said, yeah, there are people far worse than us, but there are people far better off than us as well. And I'm going to focus on them. And I remember saying that as a kid, and that became my thought. I didn't know what I was focusing on, but I knew there were people better off than us. And (laughs) and I wanted to uh, focus on that because focusing, my opinion, focusing on the people who have less, it keeps it it would just keep me in a less mindset. I Mm -hmm. wanted to focus on people who had more. And again, I didn't know what more was because until I was 10 years old, I hadn't seen more. When when my dad took me through the neighborhood in Houston, Texas, it was uh, the neighborhood's River Oaks, real exclusive neighborhood. Uh, You you can find one in any, any major city. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the first time I saw five, 10, $25 million homes and that opened my eyes to possibility. But that was the more that I was describing to myself unknowingly when my mother said there are people worse off than us. So my mindset's always been one of focus on more the positive, not less. And I'll say this to you as well. I was very fortunate as a kid someone I remember I don't know how we got there my mother took me to this Christmas thing and they gave out free gifts to all the poor kids who didn't have anything you got to go up and select a gift well the gift that I selected was a board game it was wrapped up so I didn't know what was in it but when we got home I remember I was gosh five six years old the game was Monopoly. So the first game I ever learned how to play was Monopoly. Wasn't checkers, wasn't go fish. It wasn't, it was Monopoly. (laughs) And I still look at that as a blessing because it taught me uh, the, in, in my opinion, it taught me abundance where you could acquire, where you could get better. Certain properties were better than others. You wanted to get the railroad so you could uh, have $200 every time someone landed on one. So there was a lot of little things. And again, I look back at my life, where were the things that benefited me and what can I use? You know, there's, there's no use of me sitting back and dwelling on, Oh, me, oh my, I come from a a broken home and and my, my dad was a pimp and Oh, I still don't know where my last name comes from. Okay. I, I can't change those things. So I don't choose to focus on them. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's that's super interesting and um and I think especially now in in the time that we're in, there there's a lot of like there's always been stuff that's the world is unfair, you know, first and foremost. That's the way it is, that's the way it's always going to be. I think now especially people are focusing in on that to an extent where we, we really haven't seen it before, which is, you know, to to be fair, it's both good and bad. It's always good to to push for, you know, fairness and, and, and the benefit of all people. But I think that, you know, somewhere in there, people start getting, um, you know, confused in a way where, where they think that just because something is something like if you experience something that's bad, that, oh, you're like essentially done. Like you had this experience, no one else can understand because they didn't have it. And you just can't, you know, tell them how to get better and how to get past it. And and really, it's like I'm seeing this like from from the outside, and I think it's it's fairly damaging because, granted, you know, for, like it would have been so much worse if someone told you, "Hey, JT, you know, you're you're screwed. Like your life sucks. Um, 
sorry about that. You know, hopefully I, I, got, I got told that a few times, man. <laughs> yeah, but ex I'm sure you did. But like, imagine if um if they said, you know what, it's fine if you never succeed. It's okay. We expect you not to. Like, imagine if that's what you believed. Then realistically, you would have never succeeded in anything because you would have just assumed that it's fine to to stay exactly where you were, to stay stagnant, and then you know we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You wouldn't be able to inspire other people. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Like, like what have you seen? You know, just in the way things are going today, that that like kind of makes you view that differently and like what can you say to to everyone out there who um although is like trying to do like you know the, the right thing and they're and they're not coming at this from like a, a place of malice at all they're just unwillingly essentially telling people hey it's okay if you just never improve or anything because we understand your situation sucks you know i i would say first and foremost on that a, an individual has to define success for themselves, even as a child, don't let someone define success for you. If you want to be an astronaut, then then make that your goal to achieve being an astronaut. If you want to be, if you want to own a hedge fund one day, then make that your goal to to own a hedge fund. And and you know we all hear this, and people say you can be whatever you you want to be. And I truly believe that. When I look at my past, I look at where I come from. I truly believe that. And I'll take it a step further. When I, we, we've all heard the stories of individuals who have come to the United States with 45 cents in their pocket, only to find out years later, they've become multimillionaires. Well, my thought processes on that are, okay, I was born here. So I've already got an yeah. advantage <laughs> on you know, a, a step forward in, in achieving those dreams and goals that I may have. Because if somebody else can come from this country, not speak the language, show up with 45 cents in their pocket with no place to live, and they can become a multimillionaire, well, then damn it, I'm already here. So regardless <laughs> of how bad my past was, I look at it as, okay, I was blessed and I'm fortunate that I was already born in this country. So I've already got an advantage over those looking to come into the country. So I don't see, um, I don't see challenges and a lot of the things that you're talking about where people, I, I feel like put, we put people in handicapped positions by the words that we speak and the things that we, we do. And I'll, I'll give you a great example. The whole damn participation certificate thing, I don't understand that. You, you don't yeah. <laughs> get an award for seventh place. And so I've got four children. I'll never put my children in sports leagues or activities where they give out awards past third place. I, I look at it like the Olympics, uh, gold, silver, bronze. Anything past that, hey, thanks for coming. That's it. And so I, I don't the, – the participation certificate thing is a joke to me. It's, it's horrible. That's not the way the world works, and you're teaching a very bad lesson early on because the world is not fair, our country is not fair, and it's, it's interesting. There's just such a great divide in our country right now, and so much of it is to try to make things fair – and that's just not, it, that's not nature. It, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not fair. Is it, is it fair that a hurricane hit Florida? Is it fair that, that a uh, tornado hit Kansas? Well, 
it is what it is. Nature is just not fair. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that go on in life that, that aren't fair. Yeah. And, and I think that's, it's so true. And like, sometimes I'll just like, you know, be thinking about the way the world works. And it sometimes seems like we're in some kind of weird, you know, virtual reality where, where the, the, over, like the people controlling, you know, the way the, the, the world is working are just making it as, as bad as possible. What you really think about like the fact that even just to, to survive, like you need to eat something like one animal eating another animal. Like it's not fair for the, the animal being ate. It's, it's terrible when you actually think about it. But again, like it's, it's, it's great that we're always trying to, you know, make it as best for everyone as possible. But you always have to remember like there, you know, not someone, there's certain things that no one can really do for you that you have to do for yourself. Um, and, and it's always good, you know, as a collective to like, constantly be improving i think where we are right now is better than we've ever been before as a um as a as a as human race and as just like people in general but constant improvement just personally is is always going to be needed and um you know one thing i I want to kind of start shifting over to uh is you know you have you've had a lot of success in business and like you said success is defined personally for some people success is working a job where you can come home every day, see your family and hang out with your friends as much as you can. And that's perfectly fine for you. You really wanted to have like monetary success and, and kind of, you know, have influence, uh, I'm guessing. So your, your first job, uh, you never graduated uh, college or never went to college. Your first job out of high school was cleaning toilets. Um, mm-hmm. Not flattering. I would say almost everyone graduating high school now wouldn't want to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's not the type of job that you want to tell people you're doing, but you went into it. You, you, you worked hard. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then where'd you actually develop this prowess for like business? And because, you know, you ended up uh, running companies um, after doing that. You know, I, I, I'm going to back up a second. You, you said something most coming out of high school now would not want to go do that my opinion, that's a big part of the problem of our country right now. You, you, when you look at this right now, and and we're not going to turn this into a political thing, so I don't care if you fall on the left or if you fall on the right. Right now, there are thousands of people walking 1,100 miles from Honduras. Specifically, there are mothers with their children walking 1100 miles from Honduras to try to get into this country. Guess what? They would love to have that job cleaning the toilet. And that's that for me, again, it kind of goes into the success mindset of our country. My opinion, and some people can push back and get mad when they hear me say this, but in many ways, we've become a country of weak-minded individuals. We've become entitled. There's things that we don't want to do that we feel are beneath us. I've said this out loud. I'll continue to say it. When I go into the office each day here in Austin, I'm driving down the road, and on the right-hand corner, there is a huge group of Latinos, 75 to 100 Latinos, waiting for the day labor truck to pick them up so they can go build houses, landscape, cut grass, whatever it is, you hang drywall, whatever it is that they're, they're getting picked up for, but it's just day labor. But they're standing over there because they want to go work. What's sad, that's on the right-hand corner. On the left-hand corner, there's a white and a black guy holding up a sign for a free handout. And I, I look at that and I'm like, why don't you go get in line for some day labor? 
And that's, that's unfortunately a big part of our country. So I, I always say this to so many people, our country in many ways helped me be successful because I've always been willing to do what other people won't do. I was willing to go clean the toilets and look at them and say, okay, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. And I, I got to be fair here. I, this, I did not put this in my book and I've only recently spoke it out loud probably within the last six months or so. A big piece of my work ethic came from my father in a statement he said to me when I was a kid. He said, whatever you do in life, be the best at it. He said, if you're going to be uh, a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper in the world. And that statement stuck with me. And I remember standing in front of those toilets, hearing those words. And that's when I made it my mission to say, okay, I'm going to have the cleanest toilets in San Antonio, Texas. I'm going to have the cleanest toilets in uh, all of Texas. And that's been my mindset throughout work. And then it just transferred into to business. I did not know what entrepreneurship meant. I did not know uh, the corporate world. And I remember my first introduction into the stock market or anything investments. I was working at an insurance company. I was the mailroom guy. And I went around and I, I gave mail and I was a file clerk. But there was a free lunch and learn about 401k. And what caught me was you got free lunch. So I was like, hey, I'm going. <laughs> it wasn't that I wanted to learn about 401k. It was free lunch. And I went in and I listened and I fell in love with, wow, you can take $100 and turn it into two. You can take 200 and turn it into four. And I fell in love with it. And from then, I just massively consumed anything and everything I could find about investing. Then that turned into business and scale and growth and all things business. And I, and I fell in love with it. And it, it really came from that lunch and learn. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. It's um, yeah, and and to just t briefly touch up on the uh, point you made earlier, it's there. There's like uh, an entitlement issue that I think everyone gets once you're born in this country. Like even for me, you know, there's a lot of things I would just never do, or just I think I would never do because I'm like, oh, I I don't need to do that. But when it comes down to it, like if the options are either, you know, hopefully it doesn't come down to this, but if the options are either to do something like, you know, cleaning the toilets somewhere in an office building or not eating. Like, you know, I hope that I'll decide that that's the way to do it. I, I think it's just, you know, it, again, it's 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 the way we've, we've been raised and, and from what we've experienced, we're just always assuming that, oh, you know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a good job, you work, you retire, and then, you know, that's it. But I, there's so much in there that, you know, life can go anyway. And, and you always have to be ready and just never, just ne never think you're above certain things. I think that's, that's the kind of um, problem that, that a lot of people face, because when you think you're above something and you don't do it, then, you know, you just miss out on that. And then you, you can think you're above it. But if, if you're not actually, you're just not doing anything. Um, and, and, and yeah, that's, that was a great point. Um, and then to go back to, to the business thing, I think, I, th I think, you know, business is so fascinating, because it's just essentially, you know, the opportunity for you to create value somewhere, um, 
for other people, uh, for, for institutions, companies, whatever. And, and as a return, you're getting value. I, I, I looked at your, um, I read your, uh, your post on LinkedIn, uh, which was, you know, how I made it out of the hood without being a rapper, athlete or, or drug dealer. And it's, it's really interesting. You're like, and these are points I've heard so many times, a lot of people, you know, coming from like poor areas, you know, where they're, you know, isn't much opportunity. They resort to a few different ways of getting out. One of them is crime. And, and I'm reading this and it's like the aspects that, that make you a good drug dealer, that make you like a good criminal are really aspects that would make you good at almost any business. Totally. Um, and it's just, it's super transferable. And it, again, it's, it's, it all goes back to the mindset. The moment you realize that like, instead of making this slight left turn, I can just make a slight right turn. One of them goes to like the path goes to like prison. The other one, you can become a CEO of a company and, and people, you know, again, it's unfair that like you make one bad choice and your life can be ruined, but people don't realize like how small that difference is in, in so many cases. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and one other thing that I, uh, I thought it was really funny. Um, and I want to talk about this as well. You, you're, in, in one of your uh, speeches or, or talks, you said that you're you're the CEO of a publishing company, and you actually don't really know the difference between a na- uh, a pronoun and an adverb. Um, and it's, it just go. <laughs> I'll be honest; I don't even know. I mean, I think I do, but I'm not even a hundred percent sure. And um, you know, someone is everyone out there is like, I need to become an expert before I believe in myself enough to do this. You're heading up this company while you don't actually know this basic point about the actual business, you know what I mean? Like, how do you give yourself that confidence and how do you project to everyone around you that, yes, you are qualified for this kind of a position, especially when you're coming from a background that's, you know, not super impressive. You don't have, you know, a fancy college degree. Um, I guess for Scribe Media, you did already, you know, you were already the CEO of of a company before, but when you're coming into that company, like, how did you, how do you prove yourself when you, when you get somewhere and and make it to the top? So, so I'll go back to the software company and much of the proof points were working my way through the ranks. You know, I, I started as the lowest paid person at the software company. I made my calls on a fold out metal chair in a storage closet. And what's important is everyone, everyone is like, oh my God, you, you went from lowest paid person at the software company making your calls out of a, a storage closet and you became the president and you don't write code. Everyone wants to celebrate that part, but no one wants to celebrate what it took to get there. Mm-hmm. And when I explain the details of what it took to get there, people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's just so over the top. I can't believe I would never do that. Well, then don't don't celebrate the fact that I did it because that's how it was done. See, people don't want to talk about the fact that in five years I was with the software company, I only took 11 days vacation. In five years, we live in a society now where people take 11 days vacation in Q1. And so I did it in five years. And then when I tell them the actual days, you know, three was for, was for my wedding, two were for my um, uh, the birth of my firstborn, and then one day was for the birth of my my second. And what's interesting, my wife used to joke. She goes, "Okay, so what are you just going to leave at lunch if we have a third? And so, <laughs> but people don't want to 
hear about that. People don't want to hear that when I was in the delivery room with my wife, there's a picture of me in the delivery room. And in the back, you can see my laptop was open because I was working. People think that's over the top. They think that's ridiculous. They want to scream work-life balance, blah, 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 blah. But the thing that's funny about it is that's how I became successful. That's how I went from lowest paid person to president of the company. Those were my proof points. I was willing to do anything and everything to succeed. What I also find very interesting in our country is we are very selective in what we choose to celebrate. And I'll give you a great example of this. Everyone, you go to LinkedIn, you go to blog post, everyone wants to celebrate, oh, top five things Jeff Bezos does for success, top five things Steve Jobs, you know, Elon Musk. But what's interesting is in the same breath, we'll want to celebrate those individuals, but then we'll also want to talk about work-life balance. Those three individuals are the are not the definition of work-life <laughs> balance, but it's the damnedest thing. We want it, we want to celebrate those individuals, but then we want to turn around and say work-life balance. And it, it's not one in the same. We want to pick and choose what uh, we want to do. And that's the the tough thing with success is that you have to be willing to do what others aren't willing to do. And, and in our country, we're just, we'll, we'll celebrate success, but we don't want to celebrate what it takes to get there. We'll celebrate LeBron James and the fact that he makes a hundred million dollars a year, that he's won championships, he's the best basketball player playing, but no one wants to talk about when he's on the 11 game road trip and he misses his daughter's events. He misses bedtime, bath time, story time, uh, he misses his son's basketball games. No one wants to talk about that because that's not the sexy part. That's the sacrifice. And we don't, in our country, for whatever reason, we don't like to talk about the sacrifice. Yeah, and, and it all goes back to, like, what do you define as success? For if, if, if you want to make a lot of money, if you want to be, like, financially independent early, then yes, like, you're, you're going to have to give up on other things. There's, like, it, it's, it's almost unheard of where, you know, you get to live the life you want, hanging out whenever, doing whatever you want, and making a ton of money. It just doesn't work that way. Like, the people who you see doing that, like you're saying, they had to do stuff to build up to that point. And, and again, like, I mean, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, but my, my entire opinion is, like, personally, I want to be very monetarily successful because, for me, I just want – you know, in my 30s or, or you know, hopefully by my late four, or early 40s, I just want to be able to like go wherever I want, whenever I want and really do kind of whatever I want. So now in my 20s, I'm, you know, kind of grinding as much as I can. And again, it's not for everyone. Like I'm missing out on a bunch of stuff, but I, I'm aware of that. And I know, you know, there's a reason for it. I'm not going to like, you know, say, oh, it's unfair that I have to, you know, not go out on the weekend. And then also like, say, oh, I also really want to like have a plane one day. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, what, what do you think about like the, the person who is totally fine living life, you know, just kind of, um, you know, not with that mindset who enjoys, you know, just doing things kind of in the moment? Because again, it's, it's a mindset that a lot of people have. Like, what, what's your opinion on that? Just, I, I personally think it's like, it's totally fine. You just can't expect all these other things if that's the way you're going about it. 
I, I totally think it's okay. Again, success is defined by the individual. So, and, and I would even say this to you, a lot of it is mindset driven. You just said right now, well, I'm going to miss out on some things now so I can achieve my, my goals of, of private plane in the future. A lot of it is mindset for me. Why are you actually missing out? I personally don't see it as missing out. If you're doing something to help you get to your goal, you're making an investment. That's not missing out. And mm. when you really think about it, if I didn't go to the club, the bar, whatever, Thursday and Friday, did I really miss out on anything? So I didn't stand there. I, I didn't look at some people, maybe check out some girls. I didn't uh, drink a drink that I was overcharged for. Did I really miss out on anything? Or do I have the mindset that, hey, I was at home Thursday and Friday study, studying business, scale, growth. Now, here's the other piece, and, I, and I'll be fair to this, and I can't say it enough. Success is defined by the individual. I remember when I was at the software company, we went to give a salary increase to an individual that she had earned, and she, she turned it down. She goes, no, I'm good. I'm, I have everything I want. I own my home. I do work that I love. I've got two pinball machines. And I was blown <laughs> away. It was the first time I had heard someone, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want the salary increase. I'm like, what? Who doesn't want more money? And she was the person who really introduced me to the fact that money was not her definition of success. Mm -hmm. She loved her life. She traveled. She made over six figures as a software developer. Uh, she had her home. She was doing little remodel projects. And she really opened my eyes to just because I define success as a lot of uh, financial, because it's, it, it's not all uh, material things. It was for me, it was a lot of the financial security because I didn't have it as a kid. So it mm -hmm. wasn't just material things. It was just having the financial security. But that's not how she defined it. And that really opened my eyes to say, okay, success is defined different by individuals. Now, to directly answer your question, I believe it's perfectly okay for someone to say, hey, you know what? I want to be at the bar on Thursday and Friday, and I want to binge watch Game of Thrones. Great. On Monday morning, I don't want to hear you bitch because you, you've not achieved your goals. And I don't want to hear you bitch because, oh, I, I should be more successful. Oh, I, you know, oh, the society's holding me back. And there's so much opportunity that's not being given to me. And, oh, my student loans. And Okay, wait a minute. You can't go to the bar on Thursday and Friday and then binge watch on the weekend and then wake up Monday bitching about what you don't have and what you haven't achieved. Yeah, and, and you said it perfectly. That's just, I, I hope everyone, you know, hears that and, and really like absorbs, especially the people who are saying that you, you have to like, understand, like I, I get when, when you say to yourself, sometimes you don't even realize it, but like, think about it from a third person perspective, just look at what you're doing. And then look at where you want to be. And if those two things aren't like going in the same direction, then either just, you know, decide that you want to like, decide that that direction isn't for you or start changing things. It's like, it's like pretty simple, but, um, but again, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. No, um, it's, it's, it's very, actually, I will say this. Um, it is, it is very easy. You just have to make the decision. I'll give you a great mm. example. I love golf. I love playing golf on high end golf courses. They're, they're beautiful. They're, they're peaceful. They're relaxing. I love golf, but I've got four children. 
I've, I've got the company that I'm responsible for. I've got my wife. So my life comes down to five areas, God, health, family, business, and investing. If it doesn't fall within those five things, I don't do it. And why I push back on you there, it's not hard. It's only hard if you tell yourself it's hard. And, and so when, when you tell yourself, oh, I, I got to sacrifice and I can't go to, to the bar. Well, that's a mindset that you're putting into your head where I believe you're like, oh, yeah. All right. Thursday, sweet. Tonight <laughs> is study night. Tonight is yeah. growth night. Tonight is scale night. It's what how do you want to approach the situation? And again, I'll take it back to our conversation earlier. I can sit back and, and say, oh, I'm a victim. Look at my childhood, so on and so forth. And my dad, my mom, blah, blah, blah. Or I can look back and say, okay, you know what? I remember when I didn't have chocolate milk and I didn't have a dime to be able to get chocolate milk. Mm -hmm. And now my refrigerator is stacked with chocolate milk <laughs> for my kids. So I can choose to look at the past however I want. Do I want to look at it as a victim or do I want to celebrate it? Because so much of my past empowered me and gave me the ability to navigate where I am as an adult. So I look at my past as much as possible as, as a positive. And some people have even looked at me crooked when I've said this. I don't see... Yeah, it, it sucked. It was harsh as a kid when I was sexually molested by my dad's prostitute. But the positive that came out of that is she developed, I developed perfectionism out of that because I remember at eight years old telling myself, okay, I will never be in a situation where I don't know what to do. I will always teach myself. I will always find the information. Now, perfectionism was developed and it really helped me a lot through my career. But here's the ugly side of perfectionism. There's no such thing as perfect. So you never actually get there. So you're always chasing, you know, perfectionism. But I do still look to, to see the positive. And that positive was, I knew from that point on at eight years old, I was always going to find a way to teach myself to where I was never able to sit back and say, Oh, I don't know. I don't know how. I'll find a way that that's what came from it. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for people who are listening to this, it, it, it can kind of sound like, you know, JT's this guy who like, doesn't care about my problems. He, he just wants me to like work hard, you know, take ownership and, 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 and like, you know, that's the case, but, and, and people would assume, oh, you know, I've, you know, the people at, at scribe media, they're like suffering, working for this guy. But you look at it, you look at like the actual, um, the actual results and what people say about working at the company and people who've actually worked with you and, and you're consistently rated as having like some of the best culture at, out of any company, like in the, in the state, in the country in general. And, um, you, you put together, um, you and, uh, and, and Tucker Max, who I, who I think started this, uh, who's actually the founder of scribe put together a culture Bible, essentially laying out, you know, all of the principles, you know, you put it right out there. If someone's joining the team, if someone is, you know, hiring you guys to, to help them write your, uh, their book, like it's all out there. It's, it, it's very transparent. And I think that, you know, that, that level of being out there, being clear uh, with, you know, the people you're working with and working for is, is just so uh, interesting. Cause like, you know, you tell them, you tell them what you believe in and if they don't believe in it, it's perfectly fine. They don't necessarily have to, you know, join or, or work with yep. you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think, I think that's just like an interesting kind of unique thing that, that you guys do. Uh, and it really ties into like your 
persona as 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 the head of the company now where it looks like um correct me if i'm wrong but it looks like your your book came out uh, a little over 2 years ago and um you know since then and maybe like a little bit before you started talking about your story was there a moment that in your life where you realize like i need to start sharing you know what's what my experience or or has this been something that you've just kind of always been doing oh no man i i was not i didn't want people to know who who i was when i did that book that book was was written for my children um i never wanted to make that book public i never wanted people to know my background story it was only by way of a lot of encouragement, support, conversations from our, our tribe at the company, my mm-hmm. wife, that I decided to make the book uh, public because I never wanted people to, to know my background, to realize I didn't have a college degree, to, to realize that to this day, I still don't hold a pen the right way. Uh, you know, I, I never wanted that. Once the book went public, people would reach out and then we decided, hey, let's share more because I'm big on sharing my mistakes. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting. We live in a society where we have the audacity to say we learn the most from our mistakes, but nobody shares their mistakes. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, that's pretty ass backwards. But yeah, I I, I want the list of Jeff Bezos's you know, 10 biggest mistakes, Elon Musk, what are your 10 biggest mistakes? And, but everyone's celebrating, you know, oh, this is what they did to be successful. No, I want the mistakes because if we truly learn the most from our mistakes, well, then I want to learn from those. So, you know, 25 plus years I've had in business and life, I share the mistakes that I've made. I share the, some of the successes, some of my thoughts on business And, and you're right. As far as people maybe sitting back going, oh my God, JT's this, this you know, uh, taskmaster and, and he doesn't care. You know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Last year we were named the number one culture in America by Entrepreneur Magazine. I'm big on putting people first. And just because I have these beliefs around success, it doesn't mean that other people have to believe what I believe. These are, these are my beliefs. Our culture doc, you nailed it. We put it out there. We want people to know what they're coming into as, as a company uh, versus, think about this. Most people will go work for a company and you truly don't know what the company culture is until you work there, until you accept the position. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so backwards. <laughs> Most of the so, time. Right. So we want you to know up front, here are our values and principles. Here's our beliefs. Here's how we operate. If you like them, great. Apply, come be a part. If not, no problem. There's some place that's better, a better fit for you. So, um, you know, we celebrate people because I believe that you have to put people first. So I, I live by people, process, and profits. And for us, we want to help our tribe members, the people who work with us at the company, in all facets of life. If you're in debt, hey, come on in. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out, okay, how do we get you out of this situation? If you got a ton of student loans, okay, come in. Let's talk about it. How can we structure to to help you? So to the willingness of the individual, we will help you in every aspect of life. It doesn't, your involvement with the company doesn't stop when you leave the door each night. You're you're a whole person. You're you're 100% you 
at all times. You may be able to put on a mask when you go to the office, but the mm -hmm. fact of the matter is you're still a whole person. So we don't do the whole inside the office, outside the office. We want to celebrate the whole person at all times to, to their willingness. You know, we're not saying that you have to come in and just, you know, spill your guts like JT. You don't have to do that. But if you're willing to say, hey, man, I am in credit card debt. I really appreciate if you all can uh, give me some assistance and guidance. We've got people that can help with that. Uh, we, you know, mental health. We've got people who have gone through years of therapy. So we've got people who can talk to you about that. So we look to help the whole person, not just the quote unquote work person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's. And that's just one of the you know most unique things about about what you guys do there at Scribe Media. And 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 again, like if if you're someone who feels like you have to put on a mask, um, I think you know to go to work, or or to to like say you're in a some kind of group, or or mainly for your job because everyone spends like the majority of their life there, really forty hours a week plus. Like it's it's definitely not probably not the right place for you to be. Um, and, and you're also never going to enjoy it as much. Like if you have to just pretend to be someone else, wherever you are, like it's, it's so hard. It's like, you know, I've, I've had situations where I've had to do that, like, you know, in, in, in middle school or, or like high school or something. And it's like, it just, you're living two lives. Like we're not supposed to be living two lives. You just have to live one life, put all like, you know, just be true to yourself. Like it's, it's corny, but you know, like really, and it's the reason people keep saying it, like, do you and just always try to be the best version of yourself that you can be be open with people and just always value other people you're never supposed to be like you know you know you might you have different experiences obviously but you're not supposed to overlook people's experiences and essentially view them as like oh this doesn't matter it matters but you know there's ways around things and and there's always ways to look at things differently so yeah i, I think you know this this has been super valuable jt um you know everyone out there who who has been struggling with, you know, different things, you know, issues. Um, maybe they want to do something myself, like how I started talking about, you know, I need to start waking up earlier, something I'm, I'm struggling with, you know, after this, I, I think I'm going to consistently uh, start holding myself to it and really doing that. And, and that's just a minor thing. And, and the minor things lead to the, to the major things. So I'll, I'll hand it over to you one more time, JT. Yeah. If you have any kind of like final thoughts to, to leave everyone here with, um, and then, uh, let us know the, the best place to, to connect with you. Um, I was surprised how, how actually how uh, open you were just to responding on LinkedIn from like a, like a <laughs> cold, just LinkedIn outreach. Um, you, you got back to me, you know, it, it was, it was super interesting the way you did it. Like, I really respected that. You're like, Hey, can't do it right now. Reach out to me in a little bit. I reached out a couple months later. We scheduled it. We got this thing up and running and, and it's just, you know, it goes to show like people say they're busy, you know, at an entry level job, you're running a company, you have a, you have a family of five uh, of six, like you're not, um, you're, you're not less busy than other people. You're just able to own your time and, and really focus on like the, the important stuff. So, so thank you again. And uh, I'm handing it back over to you to, to end it. Man, uh, one, I appreciate it. You're, you're right. If you if someone reaches out to me on LinkedIn, I'm not, I can tell you up front, I believe our, our tribe, our company, I believe they set up a Facebook account for me. I believe they set up an Instagram for me and also a Twitter. I, full transparency, I cannot tell you how to get on any of those. So what, what <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but I am very much engaged with LinkedIn. I find the content to be very 
relevant, uh, most of it, some of it's not, but there are benefits, in my opinion, on LinkedIn to, to learn, to share, so on and so forth. So anyone can find me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of what Instagram and Facebook has turned into. I, I was sharing this with a group of uh, students yesterday. For me, if people still do this, I believe they do. The the whole waste of time of taking, if, if you're at a restaurant taking a picture of your plate of food and then posting it, nobody freaking cares. I mean, why? <laughs> and, and, and you know as well as I do, you never get it, the picture right on the first picture. It's hard, yeah. You have, so to, you have you, to sit there like, a, like an exactly. idiot kind of. <laughs> and, then, and then you go in and you got to post it and then you're sitting there and you know as well as I do, inev inevitably, you're going to pick up your phone. Okay, how many likes did I get? How many people yeah. looked at it? It's a disease. What a waste of time. And so people say, oh, it's an addiction. No, it's not. Don't do it. Don't take a picture of your food. If you're in the gym, don't take a picture of yourself. Nobody cares. And, and so it's, don't tell me you just checked in the Whole Foods. Nobody cares. <laughs> and so it's such a waste of time to do those things. And to your point, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this. You just said, you know, getting up at, at six in the morning. I could be off on the days here, but they said it takes 21 days or 28 days to, to form a habit yeah, or something whatever. like that. Something like that. I I push back and, and someone I'm sure is going to call me out. They're like, well, JT, you're, you're challenging science or, or a, a study that's a, a factual study, whatever. If, why does it have to be 28 days? Why put that in your mind? Why can't it be 28 seconds? Okay, I'm going to make a decision in 28 seconds that I am going to get up tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. sharp. Why do I have to go 28 days to form a, a habit? And I just don't buy into that. Why, you know, I'll even be generous. You, you got 28 minutes, okay? There, there's, <laughs> there's what you have. You got 28 minutes to make some decisions, clear your mind, form your habit, and get going. So I, I just don't buy into the fact that something takes 28 days because, again, I personally believe that it sets you up in a bad mindset that if you're on day 14, you're like, oh, I've made it 14 days. And what if you slip on day 15? Then you're like, oh, well, you know what? I was doing great. I made it uh, 15 days, uh, whatever. Just change the mindset. You got 28 minutes to say, tomorrow I am getting up at 6 a.m. You go to bed the next night. Tomorrow I am getting up at 6 a.m. And guess what? If you're going to bed at 1 a.m. and you find it hard to get up at 6 a.m., mm, maybe you should <laughs> back up and go to bed at 11. So it's, I, I don't find things to be that difficult. And maybe that's just because there is no college degree. I don't have a lot of formal education. So I just operate from a pure, logical, common sense approach. Yeah, powerful stuff, JT. Uh, you know, we can, I just want to say, I, I'll, I'll, full transparency, I've sometimes taken photos of my food uh, on Instagram. Um, <laughs> you know, mainly, I, I think it's funny. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, I want to share, but also I think it's like an inside joke with myself. So yeah, I, I don't know. And just full transparency and also just like, I'm a big believer in, in the placebo effect. So like if, if you had told me it's a scientific fact that in seven days, this becomes a habit, I would have just assumed it takes seven days. Same as if See? you told me it takes 40 days. I think that's really like, and I think we should all like explore that more and just find ways to like convince ourselves of things. Cause like we're really good at convincing uh, ourselves of like a lot of different things. Usually it's negative. 
Um, <laughs> and then once you once you actually start focusing on the positive, like it's it's crazy uh, how much things uh, can can work in your favor. And um, and yeah, thank you again, JT. Uh, this was a real pleasure talking with you. Thanks, thanks so much. My man Ben, take care, buddy. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, go rate and subscribe to the podcast. Even share it with your friends if you found the lessons valuable. We do the show every week, so stay tuned for more episodes. And till next time.